Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodine. I am your host, and we have a big show for you this week, a huge show for you this week. We're going to start off with some EV news, and then we're going to jump right into an interview with Bart Bouchotts. I don't want to give too much away about this interview, but in addition to being a computer scientist, Bart is a photographer, a podcaster, a Tesla owner, and an overall lovely human being. So thank you, Bart, for coming on the show. But before we get to that really cool interview, let's go ahead and jump into our news. Ford is toying with in-car gaming in the Mustang Mach-E. Basically, the game that they're, uh, they're designing turns your car into an escape room. There's lots of snarky things you can say about this, but uh, I'm not going to go into that. This is just a concept. Uh, I don't have a lot of details on this, although I do think... Uh, having the car turn into like a puzzle room or a puzzle car is kind of a cool idea. Um, <laughs> there, there is something to be said about being trapped in your car, but that we'll just leave that alone. No shade on Ford. This could be very interesting, and I'm and I'm glad they're trying new things. Ford is also increasing their EV budget to twenty billion dollars. Uh, no word if this how much of this uh, twenty billion this game is going to eat up, but. Yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> uh, Rivian is reportedly increasing production of the R1T by 300%. At first glance, this sounds like a huge number, but basically it means they're going to increase units from somewhere around you know 50 a week to 200 units per week. And based on the numbers, I'm guessing those are approximate because in the Tesla Rati Tesla article, those are the numbers that they gave us. However, uh, 50 to... 400 is a 400% increase. So I think there's something off there, but I can't quite put my finger on what it is. Here's a company we haven't mentioned in a while. Lordstown Motors sold their Lordstown, Ohio factory to Foxconn. And then they announced a partnership with Foxconn to build the Endurance EV pickup truck. Now it sounds like Lordstown and Foxconn think they can start delivering the Endurance EV pickup truck by the end of 2022. And I hope this is true. <laughs> I don't know what to do, but to shrug my shoulders and be like, hopefully. Uh, let's move on. Uh, so there's a lot of like hopeful news uh, this week. All right. Uh, focus, Bodie, focus. My wife will sometimes grab my face, like, you know, both hands on either side of my cheeks and be like, focus. So this is, this is one of those days that I need that. 
Um, according to a recent trademark filing, we may know the name of Dodge's new EV truck, or maybe even the name of their whole new EV line of products. So the trademark filing was for Ram Revolution. So the Dodge Ram is the pickup truck. Uh, Revolution, we're going to assume, is the EV part of that. So maybe like the Dodge Charger will be the, the electric version will be like the Dodge Charger Revolution. Now, just because someone files a trademark doesn't mean that they're actually going to use that trademark. It just maybe mean that, you know, they want to use it later. They want to protect it for some reason. So this is all hearsay and speculation. So treat it as such. One of my very favorite EV companies, NEO, they sold 9,652 EVs in January of 2022. Uh, this is a 33% increase year over year from January 2021, so that's great news. The ES6, which is their five-seater EV uh, SUV, sold 5,247. The EC6, which is a coupe, sold 2,874. And the ES8 <laughs> sold the remainder because I didn't write that number down. Uh, it's It's been a very long day, folks. I'm actually recording this podcast on a Tuesday because I, ha I already have well over an hour's worth of content. So I can't take any more news for the week. Anyway, back to NEO. NEO also has in place 836 power swap stations. Those are the battery swap stations. They have 3,766 power chargers, which are the equivalent of a supercharger. And they have 3,656 destination chargers. Right now, NEO is knocking it out of the park, in my opinion. They also started the production line verification for the ET5 prototype. If you don't know anything about the ET5, this is roughly the size of the Model 3s. It's actually expected to compete directly with the Model 3, and that'll be out later sometime this year. And that brings us to our last EV story before we get into our Tesla news. According to a JD Power and Associates customer satisfaction survey of EV owners, in the non-luxury segment, Kia Nero EV took first place and the Ford Mustang Mach-E took second place. So that's pretty cool. Under the premium segment, we had the Model 3 at number one and the Model Y at number two. So congratulations to everybody involved. And let's move on to our Tesla news. Tesla launched a cool new feature, which will almost certainly appeal to only a few people. Um, Tesla owners can now customize the color of their vehicle on the in-car interface. Um, I don't know how to say that. This this might be my dumbest podcast ever. You guys are seeing how stupid I am in, in real life. Anyway, uh, so, so you sit in the car and you're like, I wonder what my car would look like if it was green. And then you could change the car color to green on the screen in the car whatever that thing is called that is escaping me at the moment um, this is really good if you want to know what your car would look like with an aftermarket wrap or if you wanted to change the, the the pink color but here's the deal in august 2020 tesla announced that it would launch its own car wrapping service in china and oddly enough, this vehicle customization feature is only available in China. It's not available anywhere else. So if you don't live in China, which is everybody who listens to this podcast, uh, 
I'm so sorry. This news had nothing to do with you. <laughs> Still think it's cool. All right, let's see here. Tesla has launched a new feature in their mobile app. You can now see your charging stats. Unfortunately, I don't have access to a Tesla or the Tesla app in which a car is connected to. So I wasn't able to see all of the things that you could do with this feature. From what I did see, you can see how many kilowatt hours you used over 31 days or you charged your vehicle with over that 31 days. And you can see how much that electricity cost you. And then you can also see your estimated gas savings. So this is actually a great way to make people feel better about their purchase um, by reminding them how much money they're saving with their very, very expensive purchase of their Tesla. So overall, I think this is a good thing. Hopefully I will see Sierra this weekend and I will get a chance to dive into this feature a little bit more. But as, as of right now, that's really all I know. Sorry. I also thought this next story was really cool. Tesla pur purchased its own train track, like the entire track to shuttle employees from just outside of Berlin to the Brandenburg factory. It's actually not quite to the factory. This stop is close to the factory and I'm sure they'll bus people to, to the actual factory from the train stop, but still it's pretty cool. Now, I, I looked on uh, Google Maps because I, I do a lot of research. <laughs> For this show i looked on google maps and it from uh the the train stop near berlin to brandenburg it's about a 45 minute drive now i don't know what 45 mi minutes converts to in metric so you know i'm gonna guess 80 minutes or so um i i'm just joking i assume that the tesla train will probably take about the same amount of time about 45 minutes uh, or freedom units to get from one train station to the other. So, because it's the only train on that track, they bought the entire track. It's so cool. That's such a, that, I don't know. Uh, that would have been like seven-year-old me's dream. I loved trains when I was, I still love trains, but I really loved trains when I was seven. Uh, let's see, two more stories, folks. I'm so sorry. Uh, Tesla has issued an official recall of 53,000 full self-driving beta vehicles because, because of a rolling stop feature. I don't know, why would you put a rolling stop feature in the beta? That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, by the by the way, uh, something really cool here is there are about 60,000 vehicles running the FSD beta currently, so that's pretty cool. So a rolling stop, if you don't know, is when you come up to a stop sign and you slow down, but you don't stop. Like you're almost stopped, but you don't quite stop. It seems like a bad idea, uh, with, with especially with software <laughs> that's still learning. Uh, but Tesla will disable this feature uh, because it may cause a collision with another vehicle or pedestrian. <laughs> so, you know, I, I support this recall. The, and also the recall is gonna come in the form of a software update. So not, not, a, lot of, not a lot the owners have to do here. And finally, it's been a while since we've talked about something that Elon said on Twitter. So let's end this news segment with a Elon Twitter nugget. Elon said on Twitter that they would support the licensing of FSD by other manufacturers. Licensing won't occur until FSD is fully solved. We don't exactly what that means. Does it mean level four or level five? I'm gonna guess it means level five. But Elon's exact tweet is Tesla will support FSD licensing by other manufacturers. 
Notice he didn't say auto manufacturers, he just said manufacturers. A lot of hay is being made about this because he didn't specifically say auto manufacturers, but I, I can assume that this is what he meant. And maybe there's like a variant of FSD for the Tesla bot that will be used in, you know, production type facilities and manufacturing type facilities. Um, maybe he meant that too, but I'm guessing he just didn't say auto manufacturers and we shouldn't read too much into it. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax. With their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs, you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. All right, folks, that is it for us in terms of the news, but stick around because we do have our interview with Bart Bouchotts. And honestly, I had such a good time uh, talking to Bart, I didn't want to let him go. It was a really, really fun conversation. But before we get to that, it's the first of the month, so let's thank our patrons. Our patrons actually pay for this show to be made. So they don't pay me a salary. They don't pay for my gas for my car all of the money that they pay goes back into the show so let's go ahead and start with our newest patrons joseph jerbo jeffrey steve neil bruce isaiah howard jessica kirsch another bruce elon muskie rolando tomaso vanilla wafer ryan karen sorry i'm almost I'm almost reading your last names here, sorry. Chip, Chris, Sierra, my, my Sierra, Dale, Dawn, Cameron, Nate, Mark, and James from True North EVs. Thank you everybody so much for supporting the show. It means a lot. It really helps out. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt and you can support the show there. 
And you know, just kind of a, as a side here, I've been meaning to talk about this. Over Christmas break, I uh, read, well, actually I listened to on Audible, two books. First was Mel Brooks's uh, autobiography called All About Me. I think that's what it was called. Uh, it, it's amazing. I'm a huge Mel Brooks fan. I like It was like sitting down with somebody that you've loved pretty much your whole life and and them just telling all of these cool stories i it it was a it was an amazing book it spans from his you know him being a young boy to you know his military service to being on the show of shows and then his time with carl reiner with the 2000 year old man which he was you know there's there's lots of stuff in between there and then his movies and I don't know. It, I can't say enough good things about Mel Brooks. I, I love him. His sense of humor is my sense of humor. It's just an amazing book. I, I highly suggest it. And the other book that I read was Spinner of Lies, which is a sort of the, it's from the Sword of the Gods series by Bruce R. Cordell. So I read the first one, Sword of the Gods, and then Spinner of Lies was the second one. And I read that over the Christmas break. And oh my gosh, that's such a good book. I would encourage you to to get Sword of the Gods, to get Spinner of Lies. Unfortunately, you're going to be a little disappointed because there's only two books and it doesn't look like there's going to be a third one. But uh, it was such a good book. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. And I was sad to see when I went to look for a third book that there was no book. So, But anyway, check out Spinner of Lies by Bruce R. Cordell. But start with Sword of the Gods, of course, because that's the first one. The second one will make sense, but it's better to start with the first one. All right, that's enough of me yammering on. Let's go ahead and jump into our interview with Bart Bouchons. Hello, Bart, and welcome to the show. I am delighted to be here. It's a... Uh... It's nice to hear you talk back to me. Um, I, I love listening to the show, so your voice is very familiar, and now you answer me. Very weird, in a good way. Yeah. Yes. Well, we're here to talk about uh, you, Bart Bouchards, and we're here to, to chat about you, particularly because you live in Ireland, which I think is amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think Ireland offers a really unique perspective for the EV owner, and so I just want to want to yeah. talk about those things a little bit. But first, I wanted to go into you own a, an EV, and I'll let you reveal which one you own. But I wanted to talk about your motivation for purchasing that EV. Yeah, so I am the very, very happy owner of a of a dark blue Model 3 Tesla. Um, and the, the dark blue I am particularly happy with. The Irish seem to buy them in black or white. Uh, but uh, I, I that didn't interest me, and I'm so 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 happy. I went with the the beautiful midnight blue, such a rich color. Yeah, I think that's a really good color too. Hard to keep clean, but a beautiful color. When you purchased this, did you purchase uh, full self driving along with that? I did not because I I I'm a computer scientist, and uh, I have a name for software that doesn't exist. It's vaporware, and it doesn't get my money because it is an aspiration. It is not software. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, having listened to Alison Sheridan describe how it's going, I'm glad my wallet stayed shut. It, it might open might open in a few years' time, but uh, no interest in, in beta testing with my life. Yeah, I will say the last time, and it's it's been since Christmas, actually it was on Christmas the last time I was in a full self-driving beta car. Um, 
it was it was way better than the first time I was in a full self driving beta car, which is about four weeks before that. I mean, significantly better in a way that I, um, I didn't feel terrified. I just felt mildly uneasy. That's a start. Yeah. I mean, data is is very important to to improving these things, but I I kind of object to paying thousands of euro to be an alpha tester. Tesla should pay me to be their guinea pig, not the other way around. So I, I myself and Elon do not see eye to eye on that. Yeah, you know, I have, and I've ranted about this on the show many times, but to charge 12,000 US for a software that isn't complete, feature complete, is insane. Like if I were to buy a Tesla tomorrow, yep. I would probably drop that $12,000 because, you know, the show and just general nerdiness. But if I was, uh, if it was like, if my, I was buying it for my wife, there's no way we'd spend the extra $12,000 on that because she wouldn't use it and she wouldn't want to. Yeah. Now I, I am tempted. I've been tempted with the, the sort of the intermediate level where you can buy for the more advanced, not full self-driving just to, frankly, just because I want the lane change. That is actually the, so with the base, base, base model, the, the lane keeping is superb. Um, when I'm on the motorway, it is utterly natural for me to just double tap the stalk and let the car manage its speed and its steering. And it keeps to its lane absolutely perfectly. I can use the clicker on the steering wheel to adjust the follow distance, depending on whether I'm in you know heavy traffic or light traffic. Because By nature, I'm quite a friendly driver, so I like to leave it at seven most of the time. So I leave a nice distance and I'm not all... You know, when people's, I don't want to be in their pit tailpipe. But if you're in traffic, you have to follow close or you're going to get taken utter advantage of. So I, I click it back to one as soon as the traffic builds. But the car is perfect. The only thing I miss is that ability to use a turn signal to ask it to change lane for you. I have to disengage self-drive or it's auto steer and everything, change lane and then re-engage it. And it's, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but it's, does rankle me a bit. So I, I'm actually tempted to, to hand over a little bit of extra money to get that feature. I will say that what Tesla does give you for free, or not for free because you pay for it, but what Tesla gives you with the base uh, model or the uh, the base price of the car, whichever model you're getting, there, it's actually really advanced. Like if in my van, mm -hmm. we bought the second highest um, package you could get in the, the Chrysler minivan that we have. And it doesn't have half of the features that Tesla gives you in their the base prices for their models so oh yeah i mean the the the, the out of the box tesla is is an amazing like i literally bought the cheapest tesla you can buy so it's not the dual motor it doesn't have fancy pants wheels it doesn't have i believe now the blue paint job is extra but when i bought it the blue paint job was one of the one of the five standard colors and i have the standard software and it is an amazing car for being the for being the absolute cheapest car Tesla sell, it is a stunning car, like absolutely stunning. I have neighbors with ID fours and ID threes, and they do not their software. They looked like I I asked the question. So how often do you get software updates for Volkswagen? And they looked at me as if I had ten heads. What are you talking about? Yeah, I think that's something that Volkswagen just enabled the over the air updates, or they're it's soon. I can't. I, I know I heard something about I, I it. I heard a recent interview with their group CEO, and he did make all the right noises about seeing software as being the future and how it was very important that the car continue to, you know, to improve after you purchase it. But that seems aspirational at the moment. For sure. 
And what what do you think of Tesla's interface, their UI? And on the whole, I mean, it's not perfect. And they just did a really big rearrangement a few weeks ago where they, they released a new version, which changed things a lot. On the whole, it's generally quite good. But every because it changes so often, there's often inconsistency. So at the moment, sometimes some of the UI is using blue to show on and some of it is using a dark gray to show on. And it's those little inconsistencies that make me a little bit cranky because I think as a computer scientist, I notice these things more. But on the whole... I almost never have to look at the manual, which which is to me the test, right? If if you can get in the car and just make it go, then it's a good user interface, right? If the human can figure it out without help, then it's a good human to computer interface, and you generally can with it. Yeah, I I, I mean I don't want to use the word like an an iPhone experience. I don't want to use that as an example because that's they're not. Uh... It's not the same experience, you know, use, trying to find menus, nested menus in a Tesla, but it is fairly easy. It's getting easier, right? Because the, the, the big change in the last software update is that when you now hit the car icon, you get pretty much everything on that one screen now. Like, you know, everything from fold the mirrors to adjust the wiper settings to adjust the headlights. Instead of it being scattered across five or six menus, it's now pretty much all collected into that single car menu, which is kind of what I want. Yeah, and... <laughs> You just one of my favorite things about the Tesla is the fold the mirrors feature, um, because when when especially you can tell it when you're in a car wash and it says, "Do you want me to remember this?" And then the next time you come to your local car wash, you just drive up and you hear it, and the mirrors. Yeah, in the Model S and X, um, if you go over a, a speed bump, it'll adjust. It'll after a while, it'll be like, "Oh, I know that this is a speed bump," so it'll adjust the ride. So that you, when you go over that speed bump, it's up oh. up a little bit higher if you're in the S, for instance, or if you have a driveway and you need to um, have that have the car lifted a little bit more just to get over that edge, so it's in drag. You yeah. can tell it this is with the air ride. This is where I want you to be when I'm in this location, and it'll do it. That's very that's very cool. And and the other thing, so I've owned a Tesla for a year, pretty much exactly a year. It's yeah, I took delivery just at the start of February. And it has improved noticeably in that year. You know, I mean, the car wash feature was added halfway through the year. The most recent feature is when you turn on the turn signal, it engages, or you can choose to have it engage one of the rear view cameras as as appropriate, right? So if you turn to go left, it'll engage the left camera. If you turn to go right, it'll engage the right camera. And that's, you know, the, the, that kind of constant improvement is great. Yeah, I, and you know that you, you kind of touched on something um, that I didn't really even think about. How was the buying experience? Because you your Model Three was built in the U.S. mid COVID, it was very seamless actually. So, um, it was around about I think it was November. I came to the realization that my so my idea had been I had a, an ice car and it was going to be my last ice car. And my idea was I was going to run this thing into the ground. And then when this thing was dead, by then I was going to have saved up enough money to buy a car I really liked, which I did. Um, But around about November, I suddenly realized that this car was not going to pass its annual inspection next February. I was like, the the, the inspection is due. This thing is not going to pass. I asked my mechanic, is it cost effective to get this thing in a good enough state to pass or is it finally dead? And he looked at me and he went, it's dead. The thing was uh, an 07 Ford Fiesta. So, you know. It didn't owe me anything. Um, and so I went to Tesla's website 
you know, in November and I picked my model. I ordered it. I put the hundred euro deposit down and I took delivery on, I think it was the third of February. So that's not bad at all. And it was mid COVID, mid Ireland's biggest peak of COVID until Omicron. Uh, so it was a home delivery for free. And Tesla basically phoned me up on a Saturday and said, uh, your car has arrived. We'd like to drop it out to you. How does tomorrow afternoon sound? And I said, thank you very much. They came out. Um, we signed the paperwork on the hood of the car and I gave over the keys of my crappy old Fiesta and they gave me the smart card for the Tesla. And uh, <laughs> I'll never forget. I didn't see all of his face, obviously, because he was masked. But uh, the Tesla rep was like, bit of an upgrade there, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. As he, as he looked very sad driving off in my 2007 Fiesta. Anyway. In, in terms of like when you buy an electric car, and we were talking about this a little bit beforehand, like my wife is is more on board uh, now than she was five years with an electric vehicle, and she understands it a little bit more. How How is your experience with it, buying it and it being a family decision of is it time to buy an electric vehicle or do we even want an electric vehicle? How hard did you have to push for that? I the world's most open door. Um, so I guess so. I wasn't the first in the family family to go electric. My dad went with a model, um, the big one, the X, um, a few years before me, and he he very 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 much became you know like a, someone who recently quit smoking becomes the ultimate you know anti smoking. He recently got a Tesla and became the ultimate Tesla salesperson. And I have always had a love of nice cars. And I have simultaneously always felt guilty about it because of the simple fact that I, I actually believe in not destroying the planet. And my partner very, very strongly believes that we should not destroy the planet. So I was never, I would have never been able to buy a car I really wanted because it would have caused marital strife. If I'd come home in a sports car that shot nasty gases out of the back of it, I would have been in very, very, very big trouble. Coming home with a shiny Tesla that's gorgeous and fast and sporty and beautiful and doesn't destroy the environment was the world's easiest sell. Like, I'd like to buy a Tesla. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sold. You know, um, my neighbor, uh, really nice uh, couple, their their kids are all out of school. And the wife went to work one day and a coworker had a, a Tesla. And it was when the Model 3s just came out. And she's like, I really like this car. And the lady is like, I can't remember what the price was at the time, maybe $2,000 or maybe it was, it was lowered to a thousand or something like that. She's just like, how do I buy one of these? And the lady told her how to buy one. She went and she bought one. And then like three or four days before she took delivery, she just told her husband, Hey, by the way, I bought a Tesla and it's going to be here in a few days. <laughs> and he was like, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. He's like, what are you going to do with the, they have a, they have a car, uh, same car that I drive a, a Mazda CX nine. He's like, what are you going to do with that? And he's like, Oh, I'm going to give it. She says, I, I'm just going to give it to one of the girls. And he's, he's just like, oh, oh, okay. He's like, what do you, what do you say to that? And I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I've made the odd impulse purchase, but I've never gone quite that far. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I told my wife I was going to go look at a car one day, and I bought a $4,000 Jetta. And she was like, you can't, I can't believe you bought a car without consulting me. And I, it, <laughs> but look, it's, it's way nicer. My other car was dying. So I can't but the imagine. The nice thing about buying online is, you know, we were both huddled around the same computer going, you know, do we want this or do we want that? So, yeah, we bought it together, and yeah, there was there was definitely definitely the opposite of family strife. It was 
it was something we both really liked because I got to have a nice sporty car and he got to have his whole, I refuse to destroy the environment. So we both got our way. No, that's amazing. That's amazing. I hope it goes that well when the Cybertruck comes out of my house. I'm sure it will. Well, fingers crossed. Although you, you have another year, it sounds like, at least to uh, lay the foundation for that. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I, I, I say things about my wife. She's actually a very supportive person. I don't want anybody to think my wife's a monster because she's not. Most of the equipment that I have that I'm recording this podcast on w- were purchased as gifts from her to me. So she's very supportive. I don't want anybody to think. We just have different ideas. We're both on page on the same page with the environmental stuff, but everything else in life or much uh, many other things in life were very different. Well, I would say the same. It just it just in our case, the car happens to be where we line up. Yeah, yeah. My wife and I line up on vacations. Like when we take vacations, we're like we are as of one. Everything else <laughs> that's worth a lot is a negotiation. Um, so when you when you purchase this and you're waiting. You know, you you, mm. you have that anticipation of, oh, what is this going to be like? What are some of the things that you were concerned about that you were like, oh, this is going to be a big deal. But when you actually got the car, this isn't a big deal at all. To be honest, it was just the one thing, which was range anxiety, which I believe everyone has. Um, and I just assumed I would be stressing about the battery. And it turns out that is such a non-issue. It's just not even funny. Um, like, you know, Ireland is not the world's biggest country. Do you want to guess how often I've charged the car? At a third-party charger? Well, I feel like I'd be cheating because you wrote it in you the will, note. Yeah, you have read the show notes. It's zero. <laughs> I have never charged the car. It, it has been charged once outside of my home, and that was at my parents' home. Um, since Dad bought a Tesla first, he has a Tesla charger. And I didn't even need to, but I was so nervous because it was my first ever big drive that I say, like, oh, there's 200 kilometers left, and it's 150 kilometers home. I should charge it. So I did. And I, I shouldn't have. There was no need to. You could argue with free electricity. But um, there was no need to at all. It's it's just not an issue. Like this stage, I have the car set to seventy percent charge limit. I just it's not an issue. Yeah, that's great. What are some of those other happy little surprises? Well, I think the biggest thing for me was that e- even though I had an automatic, the acceleration always comes and stops and starts with, with a nice vehicle, right? The car has great acceleration and then none. Although the Fiesta never had great acceleration. The car has some acceleration and then none, and then some acceleration and then none. And with the Tesla, it is relentless. The only word I can use for it is relentless. You know, it pushes you back in your seat and you're expecting it to jerk you forward again and then push you back again, and it doesn't. It just keeps you back in your seat and you stay there and you stay there until you chicken out. The car is not going to stop. Your foot is going to decide, you know something, I probably should stop now. But the car is in no hurry to. Um, which, A, at first was a little bit scary. But actually, it is amazing. There are junctions that I used to be absolutely terrified of. Whereas, you know, with the old Fiesta, I had to be extremely careful to be right on the ball. And with the Tesla, see a space, take a space. And when you're in the motorway and you need to change lane, see a gap, take a gap. There's there's just no difference between the thought and the act. The car just does it. I want to slot in there. In I go. So I would actually say it is so much safer, which I, I I knew it would be fun. Well, I hadn't realized it would make me feel safer just by the simple fact that the car, I'm never basically going, come on, come on, come on. No, the car just goes. Whereas you always felt like you had a horse under you with the old Fiesta. Sort of coaxing it and encouraging it. Whereas Tesla just goes. That's definitely a change. And 
the fact that it just keeps getting better is not something I was ever used to. Right? Like we already mentioned that, but the Fiesta was the same the day I bought it and the day I sold it. It didn't. If anything, it got worse. Right, mm-hmm. it got older. Whereas the Tesla just keeps getting better, which is something completely not used to. And the other thing I never really thought would make a difference is the convenience of having an app for controlling the car. I didn't think that would be useful, but you know something it actually is. And just being able to vent the windows if it gets stupidly hot when you're not at the car and being able to pop the trunk open before you quite get to it, it, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's, it's the opposite of death by paper cuts. It's love by tiny little hugs. Just the little thing. So that, that definitely I wasn't expecting. I thought it was a gimmick, but no, it's actually really darn useful. Yeah. It, um, so my, my oldest, Sierra, uh, who's been on the show before, her and her uh, boyfriend, Brad, they will be sitting in my house and I'll ask them a question. They're like, I don't, I don't know. So they'll just pull up their app and they'll start looking through things like, oh, yep, this is the answer. And the car, you know, the car is just sitting in the driveway. It's connected to the to the Wi Fi. I always know when they show up because the Euro tells me that the Tesla's in the in the driveway, but oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't sneak the in. Wi Fi is connected. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 great. Uh, that that's one of my like when we bought our van, it came with an app, and I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And then uh, there was only one really good feature for Arizona was remote starting the car. Like if you were in the mall, you could remote start. And by the time you get to the car, it's almost bearable. Uh, but after a while that went away and it's $200 a year for remote start. And I was like, I'm not paying $200 Whoa. a year for remote start. And every now and again, I'll get $50 off if I want to adjust it. $9, sorry, nine euro a month is, it's not a, well, no, it's still, it's still, about, still close to half. So that, yeah. So the, you know, for for the Tesla, for the advanced connectivity, which I'm not even sure exactly what it does and doesn't give you, but I sort of, it's only nine, nine euro a month, and so I kind of pay for it. Wait, well, I do pay for it, Um, which I think it gives you better maps and stuff. I think that's probably the biggest thing it gives you. It gives you live maps. I think you get the okay, same well, maps, but you get traffic data with that, in addition to, like, you can uh, listen to your tune-in radio and whatever else connects yeah, the only thing it ever does is play my podcast from my phone that was pretty much the first thing i set up was can this thing bluetooth to my phone yes it can okay that's done yeah <laughs> uh actually the fact that it can connect to multiple phones is nice um and you can also tell it which one is more important so both of myself and my husband's iphone are both connected to the car but the car knows that if there's a fight i win <laughs> which is you know you just you put a little star next to the phone that should take charge it's fantastic because you know, we can play podcasts or whatever. And the fact that there's a key charge, the fact that there's a key charging thingy right there where you throw the phone yeah. naturally in the center console. That is just, I still remember the first time I just threw the phone there because that was the obvious thing to do. And it made that boop sound that an iPhone makes when it charges. Like, oh my God, like, it's such a stupid little thing, but it was just such a nice little, you know, you throw the phone down and it charges. You're absolutely right. That's one of the things I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, and it's so silly, but. You always want a bit of charge when you're in the car. Who doesn't want their phone to charge when you're in the car? You know, and the fact that you're not plugging it in, you just literally throw it into the most natural place it could possibly go, and it just charges. It's, it's fabulous. But it, it is slightly adjacent to, to my little qualms with the car. So the fact that Tesla don't do full CarPlay is mildly annoying. They have good Bluetooth. So they're using the standard Bluetooth APIs very well. But it is just Bluetooth connectivity instead of full CarPlay. And I do wish 
Elon would get over his little spat with Apple enough to give us full CarPlay. That that would make me happy. And the other thing I think Elon needs to do is I pay nine euro a month for connectivity and you won't allow me to download software updates through the cellular connection I'm paying for. That makes me very cranky because our house is too well insulated for the car to see my Wi-Fi. It just doesn't see the Wi-Fi. So I actually have to take a 4G dongle out to the car. Now, I pay the same amount per month for that 4G dongle's internet connectivity as I do for the car's internet connectivity. So it's, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect car to to have as much internet access as the internet I'm paying for from someone else. It, it should just do that over the advanced connectivity. Yeah, that's something that I've heard Brad and Sierra say many times. So they'll come over to our house and, and update their their um, car, but if they're out and about or traveling, they have to update. And then if they really want the update, they have to use their they have to connect to their cell phone as a hotspot. Yeah, which is ridiculous. You like you're paying for cellular connectivity, and you're not asking it to do a lot, right? It's not like I'm you know asking the car to stream five four K movies or anything. The only thing I wanted to do was show me the maps, and let me get myself for updates. If, if that was all it did, I'd be quite happy. Um, and the other thing, so I keep the Tesla maps on. And I really appreciate the live traffic data because it gives you a great sense of place. But I never navigate with them because in Ireland, their maps are not accurate. They do not have accurate lane information at, at complicated junctions, which when you're driving in Dublin city centre is vital because Dublin is driver hell. Um, and their speed limits are often really quite wrong. Like there'll be roadwork somewhere and the Tesla will just forever think oh that's 30 kilometers an hour now forever you know it's like 100k and so you're driving along and you get the you know bong you're over the speed limit it's like no i'm bloody well not so silly so i tend to have the tesla maps on and have my phone doing the navigation oh okay i see because just... the apple maps are the apple maps are accurate. amazing they, they say things like pass these lights and then at the next light which if you're in a city center you don't know well that when there's a confusing junction to have the car warn you that it's confusing and give you the accurate instructions is unbelievably helpful. Stay in the, you know, stay in the left two lanes. Just that's what I need. And it has to be right. And the Tesla maps in Ireland pretend to know that and then are wrong, which is actually probably worse. If they didn't, if it just didn't tell you anything, you'd, you'd just watch yourself. But if you're, you're listening, you're on an unfamiliar road, there's nothing worse than it being wrong. Uh, so, you know. Yeah, I think it isn't, doesn't Tesla use Google's maps and then they put their own navigation on awesome. top of it? That that would make sense because I switched away from Google Maps. So initially when Apple Maps came out, it was awful. And then the day that, so I, I used to use Google Maps on my iPhone and then I was pretty sure I was being silly, but I, I don't change easy. And then I needed to go change my passport and Google Maps took me to the residence of the Belgian ambassador. He had no interest <laughs> in renewing my passport. The embassy, on the other hand, were expecting me and were quite surprised that I was late for my appointment. And unfortunately, the ambassador lives about half an hour from his office. And I asked Apple Maps to take me to the embassy and Apple Maps was quite happy to give me directions and an estimated time to arrival, which I did not like. Not because the map was wrong, but because the time was not good. Right. Anyway, so that was the last day. That was that was it. I have not used Google Maps since, and Apple Maps has been fantastic. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I I love Apple Maps, and I wish CarPlay was in any of the vehicles that I owned, even in 
will own in the future. Because just yeah. trying to see that uh, little screen, I just kind of put it up on my instrument cluster. But even mm-hmm. like you said, like when you're in an area that you're just not familiar with, and it's got a lot of those stoplights, that that's like within the last six months they had that update where it will sell it, go past these lights and then you're good here or go past the roundabout, take the second exit. Whereas before it'd just be like, hit the roundabout and it would give you, you know, kind of a, an animation. A but street name or something. Right, but you're driving. Uh, you can't, yeah. like that's that's not really helpful. Actually, that's the other thing that Apple Maps has greatly improved, the pronunciation of Irish place names, which is not easy because they're not spelled like they sound. Um, That's really improved as well because it used to be hilarious to listen to Siri try to say Irish place names. Google still gets it pretty wrong, but Siri is actually very good these days. And the other thing, of course, I have the Apple Watch. So it's, you know, two taps for left, one tap for right, or the other way around. I can never remember which, but I do it instinctively. So I actually don't look at the phone screen. I hear her say, you know, go past these lights or whatever. And I feel the watch tell me whether it's left or right. And the Tesla maps with the traffic information show me when I should override Siri's instructions. And Siri is good enough to recalculate when I do. So on the whole, it's pretty worked pretty well, actually. Okay, so you just told me something I didn't realize. I have an Apple Watch too, so it's you get a certain number of taps for which way you're going, which way you need to turn. Yeah. Oh, the tap pattern is different for left and right, and I can't remember which is which. But if I, it, it's instinctive now when I feel it, I know where I'm going. But I can't remember which it is off the top of my head. But it is a different tap pattern. Oh, after this interview, <laughs> I'm gonna take a drive because uh, yeah, it, I always feel it, and I know that it, that I'm just like, okay, well, this is coming up, but I'm now I'm gonna have to actually pay attention to that. Because that's actually really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, it's either, it's, I can't remember if it's one tap for left and two taps for right, but it, it's that sort of a thing. It, it, it is literally that simplistic, but it, it's very useful. Um, I got to know it with walking directions because I was in a place I didn't want to look at my wrist, and I realized, oh, I don't have to look at my wrist. It's telling me where to go. Smart. Very helpful. Yeah, very Extremely helpful. helpful. Let's, let's transition into like the general of opinion of EVs in, in Ireland. And since you're in Ireland, I'm gonna you're gonna represent Ireland, and then you're in the part of Ireland that's still in the European Union. Uh, you're gonna represent everybody in the whole European. Oh, great, Union. lovely! So don't mess up. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. Well, I am Belgian, so I guess that means I get to represent. I, I have some sort of claim on a tiny percentage of the European Union. Right, right. I'm I'm gonna give you eight percent of the European Union. Probably not far off, but actually, <laughs> no. Belgium is small too. But anyway. Um, so what's what's the general opinion in in Ireland of of EVs and in my like okay so I'm obviously I can only speak for the people I've, I I in my bubble as it were so you actually have you actually looked up the real statistics which I thought was interesting but what I notice when I have conversations with people the question isn't will I go electric the question is when so the question I hear people mulling is is it this car or the next one. You know, do I go a hybrid or do I go a full electric? But it seems to be a foregone conclusion that a decade from now, of course we'll be driving electric. And the only thing people seem to be arguing about is whether you should go today or, you know, buy one more ICE car and then go electric. It just seems to be the general feeling I'm getting. And then the people who do choose to go electric, there is a lot, you know, the question is, am I... Do I need a hybrid or, you know, is range anxiety real? Can I go full electric? Should I go full electric? And the other thing I think that's a big factor is that there's not yet enough in the secondhand market, but that's just a matter of time. Right? So I have people in my circle of friends who don't buy new, 
And so they're like, well, I've been watching the secondhand prices. I'm not happy yet. So I'm going to buy one more ice car. But hopefully by the time I'm next in line for a car, the Leafs or whatever will start to become you know, available at a good price. And we'll jump in from there. And when I listen to the radio and stuff, it used to be that you would hear advertisements about, you know, a five, you know, a three liter diesel or whatever. You do not hear a mention of large ice engine sizes or anything like that in, a, in an advertisement. What you hear is either no mention of such things or Toyota plugging hybrids like they're going out of fashion. Every Toyota ad is about hybrids. Or you hear companies plugging their EVs. You don't hear anyone saying, you know, get a V8 or anything like that. There is no, no one thinks that you sell a car by showing off how big its ice engine is. That's just, that's like a third rail. Just not, you do not hear it. You do not see it. That's interesting. I will say in a very simpatico with what you're hearing uh, around your friends, like when I first started doing this podcast, when I first became a, a firefighter at the department I work at, I, 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 I was like, you know, these are cool things that are happening. Uh, I thought hydrogen cars were cool, although I didn't realize how they got hydrogen at the time. But uh, I thought electric cars were cool. And and the troglodytes that I work with were like, that will never work. They're the, they're the same people that said that they would never own a smartphone. And now they all own smartphones and they can't stop looking at yep. them. So uh, I, I have, in the last two years, I've had so many conversations with, with the friends and then coworkers and stuff about the electric vehicle market. And when are we going to find, you know, get when are we going to get an electric vehicle that's more affordable? Um, or, or the Ford F-150 Lightning, a lot of people like that car or that truck, especially the ones I work with, because a lot of firefighters, their side job has something to do with construction, you know, so that's yeah. really beneficial to them. And, uh, like m my captain right now, he's trying to convince his wife to buy a model Y and she just, she just has no interest. And, uh, so, you know, he's kind of stuck at the moment. Uh, but he, he just wants her to, he's like, just drive it one time. That's all you got to do is drive it. One. And her dad has a model Y and she's just like, nope, don't want it. So, um, but yeah, I, I we kind of get that, that same, that's probably uh, universal I'd say right now in terms, except for Norway where everybody's getting an electric car. There's probably an urban rural divide as well. So I, I think if I went down to where my parents live in the countryside, they, there might be a different opinion. But here in suburban, uh, you know, let's face it, I'm in the greater Dublin area. I'm not, I'm not technically in Dublin, but culturally, I think we are. And so here it's, it's very different. So our car registration plates encode the year. So you can tell how new a car is based on its registration plate. And so since, since we've known we're recording this, I've been watching the new cars. I have not seen one Toyota that is not at least a hybrid since we arranged this recording. Oh, wow. Every single new Toyota has that blue highlight on the badge and says hybrid or plug-in hybrid or something else on the back. All of them. Like, I tried to find one, but I'm not sure Toyota sell them anymore. Because every 2020 or 2021 plated Toyota that I have seen in the last couple of weeks has been some sort of electric. Every new Volkswagen I've seen is an ID3, an ID4, or an e-golf. I haven't seen a new Passat or anything. The Volkswagens that seem to sell here are those really quite nice ID3s and ID4s. And there's a lot of a, a lot of uh, Ionics and stuff around, and obviously a lot of Leafs. I mean, 
they were the first electric car to really make it here in Ireland, and there's a lot of those around. So if you just look at the new cars, it is amazing how much electric you see. Yeah, you know, I, I will echo that. In my neighborhood, let's see, I've lived here for about four years, almost four years, and you would see Teslas every now and again, but you don't really see much of that. Um, driving around, I don't live in an, a really upscale neighborhood. I live in, you know, a, a standard middle-class neighborhood. But like the houses south of me, and there's some houses just west of me that are all sitting on million plus do- uh, dollar houses and acres and things like that. We just happen to be in a little pocket, right? Um, I see Taycans, uh, which is the Porsche. I see, uh, I've seen two Polestars um, recently. One was a dark color, one was the the white, and they were both the uh, the Polestar was a beautiful car. Um, I gotta find some place to test drive one of those. Uh, all sorts of ID fours. I haven't. I don't think they sell ID threes in the U.S. Um, but yeah, in, not big enough for you guys. Yeah, well, you know what? My my wife's cousin she owns uh, e golf and she loves. She lives in the Bay Area and she loves that thing. Yeah, I don't actually understand the e golf because the ID three is just a better e golf. It is, as far as I can tell. But for some reason, they still sell that because she bought it new, maybe just right before the pandemic, she bought it new. So I think it's for people who are afraid of a pure electric car or something. Maybe that maybe there's something familiar about the Golf. I mean, the Golf has been around forever, so it's certainly got a brand of its own. But to me, the ID3 and the ID4 are interesting because like the Tesla, they're EVs from the axle up. As opposed to taking a nice car, ripping the engine out and plopping a battery in. Because you get a much, much, much better drive from a car that's designed from the axle up to be an EV. True. and But I, I will say riding in that e-Golf, it was still a really nice ride. Like Volkswagen did. A, a lot of people are down on Volkswagen because of their shenanigans. I, I have always admired their engineers. And if they hadn't have been such immoral people, there's a real chance there would be a Volkswagen in my driveway instead of a Tesla but they're still in the sin bin for me they'll come out of it someday but they are in the sin bin for me they're not getting my money for another a few more years yet just not happening yeah I I get into a lot of trouble saying this but I don't agree with what they did at all because it was absolutely uh, absurd uh, just the hubris that the level that they of had. malice like yeah. this wasn't an accident no no it wasn't know? an accident at all but on the other side the fact that they figured that out and implemented it and were successful for so long just, <laughs> oh yeah you have to admire them that's that's something to be like these guys were really thinking about this maybe they should have thought more on how to make their cars you know less dirty <laughs> but yeah it's like you know someone told them oh we need lower emission numbers Yes, boss. We lower the numbers. Like, no, no. I meant lower the emissions. <laughs> yeah, no. It's a, the message is numbers is what they hear, not lower the actual emissions. Um, so I'm going to go through some stats here. Uh, mm. So Ireland, just so everybody's aware, Ireland wants. It's a weird number. It's like nine hundred thirty-three thousand fifty-six or something like that. EVs on the road. Got to be a percentage of something. It's got to be some sort of a percentage of current car sales or something. It's got to be like a you know, five-fold increase or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's just such a weird number. Uh, I was just like, why not not just round it up to a million? So I did for this show. Um, (laughs) And then there was a survey by Circle K Research, which is in the United States is a convenience store. Circle K doesn't, I don't think, hold research. We have, they're here too now, and they're also, they're gas stations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I don't think it's the same Circle K, but I could be wrong. 
well, if it's to do with motoring, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, no. I mean, there's there's something about it. Uh, but according to a survey in September 2021, 1,000 respondents, of 1,000 respondents, only 30% thought that that target of a million EVs by 2030 was possible. And out of the same group of respondents, only 17% thought that the Irish government was pushing sustainable transport hard enough. And then... <laughs> And then only one third of those people even knew that there were like EV grants or tax incentives that the government gave out. That that baffles me. It seems like a marketing thing that the government needs to bulk up well, a little bit. Every every car company, like as soon as you go onto a car website and you search for an EV, they all tell you that you get five grand. <laughs> they all tell you there's a free five grand waiting for you. Isn't there some uh, subsidies on the charging too? So if you're out and about, you can get uh, free charging? There's certainly a lot of public places. So I work in a university and there are free chargers in the university. So if, you, if you're if you staff in the university, you can commute to the university and just plug in. And there are certainly are government buildings, you know, can, you know, effectively you're equivalent to town halls where there is free charging available as well. Um, so th- that is definitely a thing where there are publicly owned places with publicly accessible chargers. And there is also a subsidy for installing your own in your own home. Okay. Yeah, I, I read a couple of different um, articles, and I wasn't 100% clear how that how that actually ended up working out, but that makes sense. Um, and then uh, I read an article, and I believe it was entitled, Ireland's the Perfect Place for EVs. And because uh, it's relative, it's not, I wouldn't say it's flat, but it's relative, like you're not crossing the Andes uh, to get from one part of yeah, the island got, to the other. Yeah, we don't go, like we got hills. Right. We got lots of hills. We're big on hills, but none of our hills are mountains. Yeah, you can go tip to stern in Ireland in about 631 kilometers. So, yeah. And um, then you have to kind of work hard to go that far because you're basically going from somewhere where nobody lives to somewhere else where nobody right. lives. If you're staying within the actual urban areas, you can lob a hundred kilometers off that easy. Yeah, you know that you're you're not wrong. I had to scroll and I went into Google Maps and I had to scroll pretty deep to get the name of the the tip <laughs> on each side. Yeah. But I wanted it to be somewhat accurate. Uh, let's see here. I got some more facts for EVs. One of the interesting things that I thought was. Uh, in 2020, only 4,000 EVs were sold. It was, it was like 4,013. And in 2021, yeah. over 8,646 were sold. Yeah, and that rings very true. Like There is an explosion of EVs going on here. And I, I, if that number doubled again for 2022, I would not be shocked. I wouldn't be surprised if it was 16,000, 17,000. You know what? Based on, I, I read a lot, a lot. The Irish Times writes a lot about, uh, I don't know if that's a reputable site. It seems like it. They write a lot about EVs. Oh, no. The, the, the Times is our, is our most esteemed, oldest newspaper. <laughs> like, the, you know, it, it's like the Washington Post or the New York Times, right? It, it's, the, it's the big one. Um, that everyone tries to to be as big as the Irish Times, and they write a lot about EVs. Actually, yeah, quite a, almost all my source material came from the Irish Times. Yeah, and as soon as Apple News figured out I was interested in EVs, it started shoving me all the Irish Times articles, and they're full of great things like you know, how do you choose between plug-in hybrid versus full electric? Really good articles, um, very helpful. Actually. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. After all of this, we, we kind of talked about the $5,000 grants. We talked mm. about the subsidies for chargers. What are the, what's the infrastructure like 
when you talk when you're looking at uh, charging stations. Well, I know that you've only charged twice or once outside of what would you say it was once at your parents' once house? outside their home, and it was my dad's house. So that's okay. <laughs> uh, but my my dad drives a lot. My dad my dad's a businessman, so he dri- he actually drives a lot, um, and he has never had an issue getting charged as needed. Um, the only thing, he, the only sort of comment he has is that if the rate of new cars keeps increasing, we need to be careful that the rate of new charge points increases at the same rate. Because at the moment, it's not a problem to find a supercharger or a charger. And because we're in Europe, we have a lot of regulations. So as a general rule, you can pull in pretty much anywhere and the plug will fit into your car and you can take electricity from it. So, you know, there, there's a few different companies operating networks scattered around the country. But they're all, inter- you know, they're all compatible with each other. The plug will fit in the hole and the electricity will go into the battery. Um, so it, it's, I don't think you could ever have enough that people would say, oh, but I'd like one here. But it's not a problem. It, it's, it's not like dad has to arrange his meetings around the charge network. No, dad arranges his meetings and there is a charger conveniently available wherever he's going. and. You know, as as he likes to say, you know, I don't want to drive more than two hours because I need the bathroom anyway. Right. So, you know, this whole idea that, oh, but you have to stop. It's like, well, if you're stopping for 20 minutes, which is all it takes at a supercharger, that's enough time to go for a pee and have a coffee. And that's kind of what I want to do after two hours in the car. Yeah, I have. I mean, I have, I have two nine year olds that we travel with and my wife in our uh, when we got married, my wife made me agree to two things. She owns 51 percent of the marriage. And every time we go on a car trip, I have to I have to give her the option every hour to stop and use the restroom if she wants to go, which I agreed to because I'm currently married. Um, the fifty one percent thing uh, ended up being a, a really bad negotiating thing on my side, but I was young. I was in my twenties, so I, I don't have any excuses other than I was just young on that. But um, I couldn't imagine uh, not getting out of the car stretching our legs, letting the kids use the restroom. Yeah. Like, you know, you got two kids that have to go to the bathroom, uh, my wife and myself, and then usually we'll get like a snack and whatever and fuel. And that's right around 20 minutes. You know, before we bought the EV, I started to actually pay attention to how much time you spend not moving when you're supposedly on a, on a long road trip. And it turns out it's actually quite a bit that you, you pull in, you grab lunch, you grab a coffee. It's actually fine. Yeah. And you know what the other thing was, is like, um, I, I can't remember, I wish I could remember who I could uh, attribute this to, but I was talking to somebody either over email or, or in person, and I think it was email, but they were basically like, nobody talks about the time that you don't spend going to the gas station when you have an electric vehicle. Like you're you, all of the time that you're charging at home, you're not going to the gas station to make that special trip because on Sunday night, you're like, oh no, I haven't put gas in the car. I got to go do that. It's only the rare occasions that you're on a long road trip where you're looking for a charger. He's like, if you add that up, and I believe it was a he, but they were like, if Mm -hmm. you add that up, it's far less time than the 20 minutes you're going to spend charging on the two or three times you go on a road trip a year. Yeah. It's funny you mention that because um, one of my managers like very recently switched to an EV a month ago. And I was talking to her about it the day before yesterday. And the first thing she said to me was, it's amazing. I never have to go to petrol stations. Like the, you know, instead of having to make an effort to make sure there's petrol in the car, you go home, and the car, like you, 
recharges at home. Right. It it actually is an amazing convenience that the car and you get their sustenance in the same place. Yeah, my my oldest uh, when I'm at work, she'll come and watch the kids. Basically, when they get from home from school to when my wife gets home, and uh, our payment to her is she just plugs her car into the garage uh, outlet, and she gets you know however many miles she can get in the four hours that she's here, and uh, that's a happy a happy arrangement. I'm not gonna lie, it's, yeah. it's the cheapest babysitting I've ever paid for. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're. What about uh, what about uh, dealers? I know that Tesla is not necessarily uh, technically a dealer, but they kind of are. I don't know exactly how it works. And I, 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 they behave like one, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, uh, Tesla and Dublin don't seem any different to me than any other car dealer. Um, now they they have an office. They have people. You phone them up. They do repairs. They they, they seem like a normal dealer to me. Um, I guess the only difference is you go to the website instead of going and sitting in a showroom, but. I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't feel the Tesla experience was this weird thing. They, you know, there's only one of them, and they they're the only ones in Ireland. But okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it seems reasonable to me. I, I haven't now. I haven't needed their services apart from you know they deliver the car. Um, but you know, this kind of nothing needs doing on the EV. Like you know, I think I have to top up the water every now and then for the wipers, but. Right. That. You, you know, I will say, like, I, I, for doing research for the show or whatever, I have a couple of contacts at Tesla in Scottsdale, and they're not telling me anything that's like secrets. Like, I just, if I don't understand how something works, I don't have a Tesla, and there's only a few people I can go to to get this answer, right? So hmm. I'll, I'll text one of them, and they'll give me an answer back or whatever. But uh, these folks are, are never pushy. Like, I have a hard time with, with, auto dealership salespeople like i understand that they have a job to do but i don't like well it's literally the stereotype right Right. and they're they're very helpful and every now and again there's this one uh, guy who just kind of texts me every now and again he's like hey you ready to get that model y yet i'm like no man i'm i'm saving up i'm i'm waiting for i like because i really want the model y but i'm like i'm waiting for the cyber truck he's like okay but you know i feel like that's a fair trade because i bug him with questions like you know tesla let me take a model y home uh, drive it around. Uh, I just wanted the long range, and they're like, "No, no, no! You need to take the the performance." So, <laughs> so of course they would say that. Yeah, yeah. So we're driving around in the performance. My kids and I, um, you know, doing stupid stuff that you would do in a performance, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And when I gave it back to them, there wasn't one like, "Hey, you want to sign up for this?" It was like, "Hey, did you enjoy your ride?" And it was like, "Yeah," and like, "Okay." They brought it the next morning. You know, we got to keep it for a good long time. Yeah. I, like I've contacted them a few times with questions about things, and they've always come back to me with good answers. Um, not always the answer I wanted. Um, it turns out that um, I can never get a tow bar from my Model 3 because whatever way my one was built, it doesn't have the thingy that the tow bar plugs into. Oh, no. So, which I only wanted it for a bike rack. I cannot comprehend how human beings put bikes on the roof of cars because I'm not strong enough to do that without destroying my car. Someone's going to have to explain the magic of how you put bikes on the roof of cars because I can't. But the only other option is obviously on the tow bar and I can't get one. So at the moment, my bike can't come in the car, which is mildly frustrating. Yeah, I'll live. Yeah, that is frustrating. I didn't know that. Yeah. 
apparently there was an option when I bought the car. I could have picked a button to have a tow bar. And at the time I I was like, no, just give me the cheapest car and I want it now. Um, in hindsight, that was silly. I should have I should have clicked the appropriate checkbox. So apparently they do something in the factory to make it possible. Uh, interesting. They, they checked my VIN um, and they came back and said, really sorry, but your VIN number and not it. No take tow bar. OK, thank you. But don't. At least you weren't. At least they didn't take it in for a couple of days and then tell you, "Oh yeah, this isn't going to work." Yeah, no, they were great actually. It was all, all by email, and I did say to them, "Can you suggest anything in terms of a bike rack?" And they were like, "To be honest, the only one we support is the one on the roof that you expressly said you didn't want." Yeah, yeah, I did say that. I wouldn't want. And I stand by that to put anything on my glass roof. I mean, I'm sure it's very sturdy, no. but why would you want to? Well, just a physical act. Like I, I, I mountain bike. How, how, how do you get it up there? How? Unless you have like a loading bay at your house. You need a you need your own personal giant. Like I, yeah, I work clearly. with a guy who's yeah, that's what I'm missing. like six seven and two eighty. You need that guy. Yeah, better half is taller than me, but even I still don't think even he would find that an easy thing to do. Oh. Well if you need him, I'll send him your way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just play for the plane ticket. That'll yeah. definitely be cost effective. Yeah. No, I always make fun of this guy. It's like, don't you have a bridge to guard? He's just a massive <laughs> human being. All right. Well, uh, Bart, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, just kind of chatting about Ireland. I think it was really interesting. I think the the audience will think it's interesting as well. How do people find you? You can find me at the bartb.ie where I link out to everything I do because no one can spell my surname. So there's no point in saying I'm bboshots on Twitter. So bartb.ie and all the links go from there. Perfect. And I just have to give a shout out to Allison Sheridan because you and Allison do a couple of podcasts together. So, yeah, me, me and Allison are podcasting partners in crime. You are, and uh, it, it's a lot of fun listening to you guys go back and forth, especially when Allison has a question and and you have to defend your answer. It's a <laughs> that's her job. No, it's and great. She's, she's awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, no shade on Allison. I love her. She's a, a wonderful human being. But I, I love the pushback you guys give back and forth to one another. It really creates a good show. Yeah. So, yeah, big shout out to Alison over at potfeet.com. <laughs> there you go. I'm plugging Alison's show instead of my own. Uh, I do do two podcasts on my own. I guess I should probably mention that. Um, I do a monthly Apple show, Let's Talk Apple, where I try to take the, the big picture view. So I sort of say I'm the opposite of Ken Ray, who does a daily podcast. I do a monthly show, and the idea is that you you pause and reflect and look at the whole month's worth of news and say, well, what actually matters in this 12th of a year? Um, which is fun to do editorially, and it's a different show to any other shows out there. Um, but it is monthly instead of weekly or you know daily or whatever. So you don't get a lot of it, but I, I will argue it's good. Uh, and then I do a photography show purely for fun. Um, there's not even a format. <laughs> the show is whatever I want it to be, and it comes out monthly-ish. Um, and it could be anything. It involves me being excited about photographs. And other than that, anything goes. Um, and they're all at lets-talk.ie. Perfect. And you know, I'm going to uh, first congratulations on 100 episodes of Let's Talk Apple. Well, thank you. That's that's pretty fa- fantastic. Um, I actually didn't even know you had that until Tom Merritt was on. And your, your discussion with Tom was fantastic. And that was November. So if people want to go back and... Can't remember what the topic was. It was about uh, was it about the Apple and the CSAM? It was the CSAM, and yeah, because I wanted a guest who had 
who was able to dispassionately and logically talk about very difficult issues. And there is no one on planet Earth I would rather have than Tom Merritt for that kind of a discussion. And he very kindly said yes. I was I was very happy that he did. And I, yeah, I, he was a great guest to have for such a difficult topic. Yeah, that, no, that was that was hands down uh, one of the best episodes of a podcast I've listened to. If I could just you know <laughs> gush. It was really good. Like I, I understood more for sure. Cause there's a, there was uh, under that particular topic, we won't go into it here, but under that particular topic, there was a lot of heated, uh, uh, um, there was a lot of emotions. So it, well, understandable, right? It's, it's kind of an emotive topic. Sure. Sure. And we're talking, <laughs> talking around it. So go and listen to let's talk Apple and you guys will totally know what we're talking about. Uh, cause this isn't a podcast where I want to bring that subject up. <laughs> No, we can get this, around this, it. This is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we have enough to deal with, with you know, the environment and stuff. You know, there's plenty to keep you going here on this show. Which, uh, awesome. Well, Bart, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Well, th- thank you for having me on. Um, as I say, it was a genuine pleasure to chat with you, and uh, hopefully, the audience enjoy it too. All right. I want to thank Bart for coming on and being so generous with his time. Um, he asked me, he's like, how long do you think this will take? And I said, well, I kind, I kind of think it'll take between 20 and 30 minutes. And Bart goes, oh, I think I can get an hour. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do it. Um, he's like, I budgeted an hour and we basically went that full time. So it was such a lovely chat. Um, Bart can come on anytime he would like. Uh, just a Just a very good human, that guy. Uh, I, I really enjoyed chatting with him. I'm also going to put Bart's website in the friends of the show link of the podcast. So if for some reason, you know, a week from now, you're like, oh, I don't remember how to get a hold of that guy or how to listen to his podcasts. Go ahead and, and just go to the show notes under the friends of the show. And uh, there'll be a link right there, right underneath podfeed.com. All right, everybody, that is it for us. It's been a very long show. I hope you all enjoyed it. Thank you for hanging out the entire time. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can also find me on Twitter at 918digital. What else, what else, what else? Um, I think that's it. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and I will talk to you next Friday. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax with their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs. You can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. 
So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.